mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? No. <laughs> so from week to week, as I listen to my own library of podcasts, I'm always like, you know, everybody else like introduces themselves every week. They say the name of the podcast. They say this is so-and-so. And then here every week, I'm just like, episode whatever this is the gideon we get right into it <laughs> yeah i know we just like yeah. I, you're fucking tim i'm whitney this is to give them whatever we don't even ever you know I, hopefully you figured that out by now but every time i listen to somebody else i'm like should i be doing that i don't know <laughs> maybe that'll be a season three thing <laughs> maybe but i do can i give you are you gonna start the episode or no no go for it oh i was gonna shoot to you for a new segment we're going to Whitney Solgato with the Mildred Minute. Yeah, we um we can't. So let me just first say so I don't lose my place. This is episode thirty six, and it is the Bella episode. You put your neck out with like a turtle when you do Michelle voice. You know, I'm really glad that this isn't recorded on video because I could never. You'd see things and the the hand gesture. Oh, see now I just moved my microphone. The hand gestures, it's it's awful. But I do. I stick out my neck. I feel like when I do Michelle, it's like, like you have to. The, you have to. It's like it's how you force it out. You're like Bella. You also got to get that blank stare in your face. Yeah, dead in the eyes. I have to mm-hmm. go dead. Yeah. But uh, Bella is a Josiah kid. Just so you know, because I know okay. you don't know these things, so I like to to give you the little insider info. Okay. Okay, before we get into actual episode, the the Mildred Minute. <laughs> I do feel like we need a Mildred Minute. So, Mildred did have... It's Thursday. Again, we're late. Again, time has not been good to us lately. Work has not been good to me recently. Schedules have not been great. So, it's Thursday. Mildred had her surgery on Monday. Luckily, mm-hmm. Tim was able to go with me, and I felt like we were like parents together. It was wonderful. We felt married for the first time. We talked more than we've talked in the weeks. We were like, I work. was like, this is, we're like taking her like quacking child in the car in her carrier. And I'm like, this is nice, honey. <laughs> but we got to take her together. Surgery went well. Mm-hmm. She, um, so she is completely toothless now. <laughs> she actually lost two more teeth in the six days. That Jeez. that just blows my mind. It's like, mm-hmm. this is happening at such a rapid rate. It's insane. Yeah. But everything went well. Um, I had a little minor freak out for a second because I opted to do blood work at her pre-exam just because I didn't have to. But they were just like, she's at the age where you start to just want to do blood work so you can kind of see where they're at Mm -hmm. for anesthesia. But also, just if anything is coming up, you have a baseline to go off of. And I'm like, yeah, let's fucking do it. That was before I thought I was spending ten dollars to (laughs) $14,000. But um ended up not being that like we talked about last week but when i got her blood work back everything was normal except for her like glucose levels mm-hmm. 
and you know on the paper it just says hi in like capital in all caps and is in red and then you waved at it yeah exactly yeah so i was like oh no and in the notes it was like her levels are like high for glucose it could just be from stress though that happens a lot you Mm. could do a urinalysis so then of course you know on the day of to see if she's got you know sugars like going into her urine Mm -hmm. and like whatever so on top of being worried about surgery i was like oh god what if she's diabetic (laughs) so then the day of i was like yeah let's run the urinalysis to the tech Mm-hmm. And then the vet called when she was under and was like, everything's going good, blah, blah, blah. This is what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I saw your your note about your analysis. She's like, I put that in there just so you'd be aware. But she's like, I'm really confident she's not diabetic. And that and it, come to find out, she was just barely over the sh- threshold. But when that threshold gets breached, it'll be high. Yeah. So when you look at yeah. reading test results and it just says high in red and all caps, right. you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. She's like, I'm pretty confident she's fine. I think you can sip. Okay. I'm like, okay, good. We can skip that for today. Didn't you say it's because she was, like, frightened? Oh, yeah. She, like, because they were like, they get that when she was stressed. And Mildred was more stressed than normal going to the vet. She was shaking this time. She never normally shakes. But we had to go 30 minutes longer in the car than we normally we have to, to yeah. you know, or whatever. So... If it's stressed, does that mean that my urine's like pure glucose right now? <laughs> Tim's has to be like syrup. For like it's like last... tapping a tree. Yeah. Like tapping like... an oak. <laughs> for like the last eleven months of my life. I've just I'm Tim's just urine is like pure ex- maple syrup. Exuding corn syrup. <laughs> uh, pretty much. But anyways, her recovery seems to be going pretty well. Today she seems to maybe be in a little bit more pain, but mm-hmm. she's doing really good. So yeah. um she acted relatively normal when I got home. I just wanted to thank everybody for the reassurance. <laughs> um, yeah, but I got a lot of people who talked about similar things with their pets. Um, one listener, their cat Willow, just had five teeth out this week. Oh, so shout she's got a little Willow. Par- she's got a little partner. But also, just like so many people, I posted the picture of the of the estimate <laughs> and so many people were like oh my god i would think the same thing or, um, solidarity or a couple people and i'm like thank you i needed this a couple people were like there's not a fucking comma in sight and i'm like you're right a simple fucking comma in an emotionally heightened state would have made up all the difference mm-hmm. and then, commas are important yes and i'm like you know in my like i understand i can i i should be able to read tens and hundreds and you know like whatever <laughs> But when you're you're in a state of mind, a comma would have fixed things very quickly. It's true. That's all I'm saying. It's the big difference between it's time to eat, comma, kids, and it's time to eat kids. Same. Difference between <laughs> 1,000 and 10,000. That's all, you know. So I really appreciate people reaching out, checking on her. We've had people buy coffees for her, Aww. specifically for her dental fund. One person She's said so Mildred cute. needs braces, and I'm like, I thought that was funny. Um, so yeah, I just want to say plan. thank you. You guys have been Mildred really Mildred needs braces. You guys have been really um, great with checking in on her. So she's doing well. Thank you guys very she's much. A little love. That was my Simpsons reference for the episode, by the way. What was that? There's a okay. Quick side note before we start um, on the Simpsons. Homer is being the leader of a workers' union at the power plant. And they're talking about like what concessions they're going to make with the power plant. And they agreed to cut off the dental plan in exchange for like six kegs for their meeting. And Homer's like, hold on. They had just found out that Lisa needed braces. So in his head, 
Somebody goes, so long, dental plan. And in his head, he has these two voices, and it's Lenny going, dental plan. And then Marge going, Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. And he's still confused trying to figure out why the dental plan was important. See, what's funny is Tim goes to The Simpsons in this moment, and the whole time I've been talking, and I didn't say it because I'm like, nobody fucking cares, but I'll just say it now anyway. I keep thinking of, for my fellow housewives... Uh, aficionados this past season past season of um, Beverly Hills there was this whole thing about how Dorit was working with this one charity the charity is called Homeless Not Toothless which is a fucking awful name (laughs) what a terrible name for a charity but like at one point like Kathy Hilton gets all messed up and she calls it like Toothless Not Homeless and then she gets all mad she's like it's homeless not toothless and like everybody's like messing it up like in their talking heads being like what's it called Toothless Not Homeless oh anyway God. but literally Mildred is now Toothless Not Homeless Toothless Not Homeless she's our little spokes cat but the actual charity is Homeless Not Toothless that's a really bad name that is a really awful name we also keep referencing Waterboy all them t- mama says alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. So I was like, well, Mildred has no reason to be ornery because she has never again no teethies. Never again. She is complete. She's toothless, but she's beautiful. One more thing. Um, Tim can be pretty funny when he wants to be. I try. Um, he made a pretty good joke that even the tech seemed to to appreciate. When we went to go pick up Mildred, they they brought her out in her carrier. And she had her little bag that had her little, like a little paper bag that had her name on it and had all of her medications and stuff. And then there was also a little bag that had a little toy that they were sending her home with. Like yep. one of the little stick things that has like the little feather. The feather thing. Yeah, like at the end. And uh, Tim, would you like to tell him the, the funny joke you made? Well, the tech was like, oh, I, she had got a little toy, you know, and kind of showed it to us. And I was like, oh, did she get it out of the magic treasure chest? Because it's like <laughs> you go to the dentist and you get to pick out a pencil. Yeah. The the last episode, Joy was really about the pencils. I don't think we mentioned it, but she was like, I like going to the dentist because I, I get a pencil. Like, they got so. nice pencils there at the dentist office. So Mildred's version of getting a, a pencil is that she got a little like feather toy. Oh, Mildred. So, yeah, it's pretty funny. She, the Even the tech seemed to... She had a good chuckle. I love a good sympathy chuckle. That was our Mildred Minute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I still have a couple things to go over, so we're going to be taking a while to get this going. All right, let's do it. Um, I'm going to make this one quick. I have Mm. a small corrections corner. And remember Mm. how last week I I had Jed written down twice? Yeah. Um, Because you didn't remember which one of those boys they were. You know, no big deal. No big deal. Not that that happens or anything. Mm. Um, I said that Jed wanted to be an artist, one of the things, Mm -hmm. one of the Jeds. There's two Jeds. (laughs) But jets. actually, so the the Jed that wanted to be an artist is actually Jer Jeremiah. But if you're them, it's Jeer. Jeer. So um, yeah. So Jeer wants to be a artist. So okay. I had to, I had to clear that up. Not Jed. Sorry, yes. Jed. Wherever you are. Um. Uh, final thing. I had three things before we even got started. Why? This one I've already talked about on the gram, but it feels worth talking about here. Can we talk about Pizza Hut this week? Oh, man. Pizza Hut was popping off. Popping. This was a week for the hut. Okay. <laughs> because I just think hut. it was really funny that we just talked extensively just last week about Book It. It was the name of the episode and mm-hmm. everything. And then just yesterday, American Girl Doll released their 90s inspired dolls. By the mm-hmm. way, 
from their historical series. Since when is the fucking 90s historical? Did you feel offended? Yeah. I mean, a bunch of us were, were like, when did that happen? Excuse you? <laughs> Excuse yeah. you? Yeah. Part of their historical. But anyway, so then, you know, those dolls have like their little accessory packages. Correct. One of the accessory packages is a whole fucking Pizza Hut book it theme. <laughs> you get the button. There's a little pizza. There's like a thing you read. There's, I mean, there's just, it's it's amazing. And the irony that it would happen within seven days <laughs> of us talking about, we've had a several things. Uh, shout Line out to, up perfectly. Shout out, shout out to Mary who brought this to my, uh, listener Mary who brought this to my attention. But we've had several things in this podcast where they've just like lined up in a weird mm-hmm. way. We'll do episodes that coincide with the anniversary of when it actually happened. Correct. Like the engagement. We had the whole Joshua Harris thing when we were already, I was already doing that about him. And then I found out that that's the week mm-hmm. that her book released and she talks about him in her Ginger's book. Yep. She ta- I mean, I could go on. There's just been a lot of weird things where we're like, it's really funny. how. Th- and then now Pizza Hut. Yeah. And there was an episode about wisdom teeth being pulled. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. That's, I think that's my major. So I just wanted to Pizza Hut, Mildred, <laughs> Jeer. We good? Mm-hmm. Everybody got so. that now? How many yep. minutes are we into this already? 11 and a half. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> maybe we should put that in our description. If you don't give a shit about any of these things, start ta- start in at 11 minutes. <laughs> okay. So now for real, let me move my... Uh, I had a post-it on the front that said Pizza Hut. I got to move that off. <laughs> okay. So did I say... Uh, okay. I didn't say the name of the episode. So this one is Duggars Under the Knife, mm-hmm. and it premiered June 9th of 2009. So the episode opens with cameraman Scott knocking on the door of the Tater Top Mansion, and it's nighttime. Joy and Josiah answer the door and say, come on, we're praying for Jill and Jana, (laughs) as they then go run up the stairs. Yep. But I wanted to point one thing out. Josiah is wearing one of those New York City shirts Mm -hmm. that Lego brought back for them. Yep. Eye traps and all. (laughs) <laughs> it says nyc and it has an apple apple k get it of <laughs> apple k apple k and i gotta say i um i was definitely looking at his chesticle region <laughs> so there is some truth to what bill gothard says um mm-hmm. your I eyes would, are drawn there. i would f- fully consider my eyes trapped in this moment did you even see his countenance nope i was told my eyes were trapped like he didn't even have a countenance. Yeah. So he says, My countenance is up here, lady. <laughs> Basically. So everyone is gathered in the boys' room, which is what they do every night at eight thirty for Bible time. At this gathering is also when I guess they discuss the family schedule and upcoming events and things. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Janet and Jill are having their wisdom teeth taken out. So, like Tim was saying, another really funny moment of things lining up. They're having teeth extracted as Mildred had every tooth in her mouth. That was left, at least. Mm -hmm. Extracted. So, just another funny thing that Mm -hmm. it's weird. Yep. Extractions. uh, This week is extractions in Pizza Hut. Extractions week. Yep. Mm So, Jim Bob said this wasn't an issue for him, and his dentist said that his was one of the biggest mouths he's ever worked on. Merp. 
can't say I'm surprised. Did you, uh, you didn't breathe out sharply through your nose? I, I did not. Did oh, you? Okay. No. Oh, okay. I did not. He asks Jana what she thinks of all this, and she says, I'm not speaking my mind right now. Ooh, girl, that was like or the most ever. sass I've ever heard out of her. Yeah. But I'm like, now or ever? Like, <laughs> let's be cl- let's clear that up first. <laughs> but yeah, she there was some sass of brass coming from mm-hmm. Jana. Jana, that's for sure. Jill said that she was thinking about it a lot and that she'd lost her appetite that day, like earlier yep. in the day, thinking about knives and needles and crunching her teeth and pulling them out. <laughs> Crunching. Crunching. Okay. <laughs> that makes it sound like they're just like munching and crunching. Like, you know, like it's fucking granola or like, you know. Like they squeeze them with a pair of pliers and then like that's how they get them. Yeah. yeah. Just crunching. You know, crunching on some teeth. No big whoop. <laughs> then they pray for them. Yada, yada. And they put everyone to bed. We've seen that meeting, by the way. There's been a couple episodes where uh, Pest and Anna were at this kind of family that was meeting at the, thing. That was at the, the, naming, the name one. I've seen the naming one. There was one other one where she was there. But they were it was pest- like. When she, who was there? Anna. Yeah, but she wasn't at this one. I know she wasn't at oh, this okay. one. But what I'm saying is they talk about how like when they have their like little family meeting, prayer time, read the Bible, it's in the boys' room and they all sit around in a circle. Gotcha. And I'm saying they've showed that part before. Did you Did you notice how Jim Bob is the only one that's like outwardly in pajamas? Yes. He's wearing like flannel pajama pajama pants and like a white yep. shirt and i'm like everyone else is fucking Every- dressed mm. Jana's wearing a jean jacket <laughs> like they're all fully dressed so the girls have not even began to, and that, to me i was thinking the boys are still dressed as well mm-hmm. but then right after that there's a scene of him like tucking them in and like kissing it's gross um because it feels so unnatural i say gross not that it's gross as a parent to kiss your kids but for him it just feels so unnatural so it feels gross <laughs> But it's because he's putting these little boys to bed in their jeans. Yeah. So I was like, no wonder I thought that nobody else was dressed for bed Mm -hmm. because these boys are wearing jeans to bed. And shouldn't he just have one of like the older girls tucking them in and kissing them? It's all for the cameras. Oh, well, of course. But yeah, I was like, he's the only, like Michelle was still fully in Mm -hmm. her like. Yeah. Because remember a while back we saw like Joy in like her like bonnet. Yes. There was none of that. Everybody was like fully dressed besides Boo. Mm-hmm. He's ready for bed. So now it's the morning of their surgery and Janet and Jill ran to the store to buy peas to make like ice packs for their mm-hmm. faces. Janet plays the piano to calm down and uh, she says that she hides her feelings more and that Jill tends to like let her feelings out. It cuts to Michelle saying... Jill talks chatter, chatter, chatter when she gets nervous. It was actually kind of endearing when they were showing her because you could tell that she was legit nervous. And then she was, her mouth was just going, going <gasps> like stream of consciousness, word salad that she was ex- like, ex- yeah. I wrote down a couple of things that she said. She says, <laughs> they're going to cut your teeth out. They're going to cut your teeth out. Ah! <laughs> like that's literally how she does it. So. Um, she's in a complete like tizzy. Her her fucking dweebiness is hanging out, mm-hmm. and Joy whispers to the camera like as she's biting an apple. She's like, she's very nervous. <laughs> like Joy is like, this girl is fucking losing her shit. Uh, she's losing her mind. And I'm reaping all the benefits. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, Jill's dweebiness is definitely hanging out. And yep. just to clarify, because I know I struggled in the past with defining this because I felt on the spot. 
I would now like to define the differences, okay? I felt like you actually described them very well before. Oh, I see. I didn't feel like I did. But I just want to be clear. The okay. dork dweeb thing. Every person on this planet has dorky moments. All of us. Mm-hmm. But to be a dork, I feel like you just have an above average number of dorky moments. Okay. So, like, I have some past, like, co-workers and things. I'm like, they're a dork. But that's just because I'm, like, more more than the rest of us. I was like, all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> a dweeb, you are born with it. Okay. There is no moments. You are, you are a dweeb. That is for, your personality. That is you. Okay. I'm not saying a dweeb is a bad thing. There are worse things to be than a dweeb. Mm-hmm. Jill is a dweeb. <laughs> Does this make sense now? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have one coworker that, um, or two coworkers that are pretty into comic books too, and we were chatting about comic book stuff, and the bartender from that restaurant popped in the back to say something, and she was like, "My husband's a my husband's a nerd too. I'm used to it." And we all kind of like chuckled, and then she was like, "You guys are geeks," and then turned around, and my cook Wally goes, "No, geeks are smart." We're just passionate about what we're passionate about. <laughs> it's true. That's the difference. Like, yeah, that's the difference. Like, you're just like, an, yeah. I'm glad Wally understands. Wally does understand. Thanks, Wally. <laughs> All right. So, you know, they've gotten their peas and shit. Jill's losing her mind. And now they pack up a cooler and they head to the dentist office. Okay. The girls start out by filling out and, like, signing their paperwork. Paperwork. Jill is 17, so Michelle does it. I'm shocked that both parents are there, by the way. I'm like, who the I fuck know, is right? watching the kids? Poor, poor Ginger and Jessa are <laughs> fucked over there at Tater Tot. Um, but Jana is 19, so she does it on her own. And there was something really weird about Jana trying to hold a baby and sign papers at the same time. Mm. While Lego, father of said baby, stands next to her empty-handed. Yep. It's like, grab the kid, let her fill out her fucking papers. Yep. Like, I, it just hit me so quickly where I was just like, grab your fucking own child mm-hmm. and let this child, your other child, <laughs> sign her name and check some boxes. Good yep. God. I feel like I see that at the store a lot. Where you see, like, a mom struggling with, like, three kids and then... Like the dad's just kind of walking with the cart and it's like, do something, yeah. anything. Yeah. None of my business, but in my head, I'm going, will you help her? <laughs> so Lego says, quote, Jill is more emotional. She starts thinking about all how it's going to affect her and it gets kind of worked up about it. Jana, Jana's more jump in with both feet type of person. Mm hmm. So, Jana goes back for surgery first, which I got to say, I think was a wrong move. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The one that's having a breakdown already. In the meantime, Jill is um, having to wait and she's getting more and more nervous. I'm like, really, guys? Could you just had Jill go first? I think that would have been the better option here. It would have been over with. And I'm not saying that was boob and, you know, baby cannon's fault. But I'm just like, in general, I'm like, like, really? Just have Jill get it over with. So, she's just sitting there getting more nervous and she's crying and... She's got like boob breathing all over her because she's like like nestled in his chest. And I think part of it comes from my own. Number one, 
boob is boob. Like Lego is Lego where you're just like, ew. And then I think I have my own like paternal issues where just like being snuggled up on like a dad figure. I'm just like, ew, gross. That's my own personal thing. Um, I fully admit that. But then he's just like breathing all over her. And it, I'm just like, the whole thing is very uncomfortable for me personally. I don't yeah. know if it was uncomfortable for you. It was just because I'm not used to seeing it. I did make a note that like he's decidedly more affectionate in this episode. Kind of across the board. Yeah. Um, But the thing is, the kids weren't acting like it was abnormal. So I'm like, were they just like, hey, we need to humanize him a little bit. Can we show... You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe they had a test audience that was like, he doesn't do anything for his kids. <laughs> I literally wrote, what are the kids going to do without a mom for a while? When both of them were like... You know, both of them are having surgery. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so then Jana goes back and she gets done pretty quickly and in her talking head, she says, quote, they kept trying to ask me questions. And why they ask you questions when your mouth is full, I have no clue. But I couldn't answer them back. Um, yeah, and so now Jana is all done. And she's all fucking smiles, by the way. Oh, yeah. Like, she high as fuck. She's high. <laughs> she is smiling. I'm like, I have never seen Jana this <laughs> joyful ever. Yeah. Like, she's just sitting there smiling away. Can I make one comment? Yeah. I actually liked this part of the episode because I feel like this is the first time that you've seen those two girls as something other than a, a mom. A mother, yeah. So you're seeing them being nervous as like young adults, you know what I mean? And not having to be these stoic mother figures. Correct. They weren't taking care of kids like it was something that had to do with them and they were nervous about it. Like mm-hmm. it was it was kind of cool to see them as real people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so so Jana's high, smiling away, <laughs> happy as fucking can be. Can't answer, but she's like, whatever, I'm just here. <laughs> and this is just making Jill even more nervous. She has a fear of needles, and so she's thinking about that. And even Baby Cannon is like, I don't know if seeing Jana helped or made it worse. Like, everybody was like, this may not have been, like, right. <laughs> the best idea. Um, so then as you know, Jill sees Jana and she says, quote, when I first saw Jana, I was like, she's not herself. She doesn't look herself. That's what I'm going to look like. Everyone's going to, everyone's going to be looking at me. I'm not going to remember it. That was the scary part. I'm not going to remember part of this life of mine that I'm like, not going to be there. So looking at Jana, I was like, whew, that's scary. That is a really weird thing though. Like. I've never been put under before. Me either. I have no I've, idea. I remember in college I was given really heavy narcotics for a migraine that I had for a couple of days straight. Um, that's the closest thing I've ever been to like feeling like I was like knocked out. But yeah, I have no experience, so I can't speak to it at all. Yeah, in my head, it's like the movies where they. Close, they're counting backwards and they close their eyes and then they instantly wake up. But I'm like, do you think about anything? Like, do you? It's weird. Yeah. So Jill didn't want Lego to leave. So she's holding, he's holding her hand. And as they start to give her the laughing gas before they give her like the real stuff, he, of course, has to leave um, for the actual procedure. And he said, quote, I knew I was going to have to leave. Jill really wanted me to stay there, and I literally had to pry Jill's hand off of me. She was like a cat grabbing a hold of me. Uh, So Jill says again that she was afraid of being knocked out and not remembering a part of her life. 
but that her cousin got hers a few got the same thing done a few weeks earlier i'm assuming to be amy mm-hmm. um and she wasn't knocked out and she could remember all of it and so she and that it was horrible so mm-hmm. she was like grateful like maybe i am yeah, grateful maybe. to be like knocked out yeah and so i never had my wisdom teeth out you never did either right so kinsey mm-hmm. did my sister that's three years older than me that went to high school with him mm-hmm. my parents wouldn't pay for her to be knocked out so Kinsey had to have, the, she was awake for it. And they, she's like, it was horrific. Mm-hmm. They were breaking her teeth off, yep. like breaking them in yep. her mouth. And she's like, just like the, the, like the, the tug and the pull, mm-hmm. like her rip. Oh, she was more swollen than I've seen a person's. Her recovery was so long. Oof. I, like, you know, I had a hamster at the time that, you know, <laughs> like when hamsters like fill their cheeks with shit, I was like, my hamster's name was Gonzo. And so I was like, you look like Gonzo. And she's like, I do. But she was so swollen. And like, I think people get swollen even with surgery, but I think that there's, it's different when they're yanking versus. Yeah. Oof. I had a cook that like. Kinsey was fucked up. I had a cook that like three weeks ago got the exact same thing done. And he was like, I'm trying to get done the cheap. So he did the same. He had him give him a local. And he goes, it was the worst experience I've ever gone through. I mean, he was like, he goes, I feel like I could hear them scraping them out of my head. Yeah. I felt so bad. And then Kinsey got Oof. dry sockets. And so then she had that on top of it. And like, oh, she was fucked up for such a long time. And I, <laughs> I feel bad. But I remember like her opening her mouth and you could smell everything. And I was like, oh, God, because she Oof. like everything Man. was just like her whole insides. Were, she had so much cause, so much blood. I think she was semi botched. But well, it kind of sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, her and it, Mildred have something. Mildred's like, I feel you, Auntie. Mildred is not botched, though. Well, just in the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mildred got put under anesthesia. She says, did they clip Auntie Kinsey's nails when she was under too? <laughs> yeah. Horrific, right? <laughs> Those add-ons. I was like, please clip her nails. Can you imagine if you're at the dentist and then they're like, would you like us to clip her toenails? And you figured, wake up and you're like, like Manny Petty? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's basically what happened for Mildred. She had teeth pulled, woke up with a Manny Petty. A dental Manny Petty. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I don't think Auntie Kinsey got that. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, so where am I at? Okay. So she wakes up after surgery and she's crying. And just she just have she just has like the silent tears just like rolling down her face. <laughs> and the producer asks her in the talking head why she was crying after, and she says, I was crying because like I don't know. Girls just do that, I guess. <laughs> It's such a random answer. <laughs> it's such a dweeby answer, to tell you the truth. It's a it's a no answer answer. She yep. has nothing to say, so. Yeah. I just wanted to point it out because I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before they arrive back at home, they show a bunch of the little kids all eating dry ramen noodles. Yeah, which I, I can relate. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, they show Jackson like taking a big bite out of like the whole brick. Oh, yeah. And that, that satisfying crunch of Justin Timberlake hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I definitely ate my fair share of dry noodles. I still eat the little bits today. Whitney makes Whitney makes this really good like like Asian style like salad usually during Mandarin oranges and almond. I do it during the summer. It's like our summer. Yeah, like red bells and cabbage and almonds. Yeah. But she toasts almond slivers and crunched up ramen noodles in a pan. So good. And adds them in there for crunch and that like mm, so good. So good. So, Salad, low-key salad topping, toasted dry ramen noodles. It's very good. Mm-hmm. But I had, I think I maybe even talked about this on here before, but like when I was having to pack my own, we were poor shit, and I was having to pack my own lunch by like first grade. Mm-hmm. 
all the kids had chips and i'm like i want to be crunch like my idea like i'm like i want something crunchy <laughs> so my idea of trying to fit in with the masses was to bring dry ramen noodles mm-hmm. to lunch with my sandwich with my bologna sandwich mm-hmm. and it's so funny looking back and i'm like to me that was fitting in <laughs> but like just seeing i was like a jackson just like gnawing into a brick of fucking noodles <laughs> but to me i'm like it's like your chips right it's the same thing yeah i'm one of you guys it's the same <laughs> And nobody, I, I'm pretty damn sure that none of those other kids were like, "Here's that." Bitchy if she didn't have such just... a soft lunch, maybe she would fit in. <laughs> They're like, all she has is a sandwich and nothing. A sandwich and nothing. Yeah, crunch much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was like, "Ooh, I need to bring some fucking dry noodles. That'll do the trick." <laughs> what a weird, you know your your mind as a child is a funny thing. Definitely. Um, one thing before we get back to them being at the house. Do you find it hilarious that their dentist name is Dr. Cross? I never, I didn't even see the name. <laughs> I didn't even His notice. His name was Dr. Cross. I totally like, missed they were it. Like, was it one of the pop-ups? No, it was oh. when he, when they were, when they were getting to the end, like when both of the girls were done and they were going to leave. I think it was Lego hair that was talking about, oh, we've, we've come to Dr. Cross for years. And I'm like. I didn't, the- I didn't even catch it. They flipped through all the dentists in town, and they were like, Johnson, no, I'm good. Smith, no, I'm good. They were looking for something religion-based, and they were like, ooh, Dr. Cross. <laughs> There's very few names that could top that, so <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, We found the perfect dentist. His name is Dr. Modesty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dr. Diligence. <laughs> Dr. Diligence DDS. <laughs> Yeah, oh, uh, that's funny. All right, so yeah, they go was... back home. So they're back home. The girls are recovering. I guess day three is the worst for them, which is funny because day three seems to be the worst for Mildred as well. So I think it's the same thing. I think it's when the meds are kind of starting to wean out of your system. Yeah. And you're actually starting to heal. Yeah. You and, know. and everything's like, oh, wait, maybe it's not that great. Mm-hmm. Jill ended up being in more pain, but Jana was swelled up more. Jill yeah. looks herself. She doesn't look any oh, different. Oh, yeah, she looks normal. Jana is a little bit puffy in the cheeks, but nothing compared to my sister. I told you she looks like a fucking hamster with, like, all the feed stuck, <laughs> stuffed in. Oh, Gonzo. Poor Kinsey. She was a mess. Um, Joy ends up taking over as their caretaker, mm-hmm. and she does seem like she's putting extra. Like, she's putting in work, and she seems, you know very into the job it didn't seem forced it yeah, seemed, seemed like, like i'm going did. to take care of yeah, my sister she was into was it cute. so it was cute it was like that mm-hmm. little sister that's like oh you know she's run up and up down the stairs grabbing them stuff she had yep. timers and you know my last thing that i have on here was joy's a good one yeah. it's just cute to she see her like, yeah she was mm-hmm. doing a good job so she becomes their caretaker and the rest of the family um is just so kind to take over Jill and Jana's jurisdictions while they're laid up, which is, you know, just, you know, <laughs> so very kind of them. Oh, yeah. So basically what that really means is that Jessa and Ginger had a really heavy week. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. There's throughout this, like before they got it done and this one, especially when they go into the the whole family goes into the room to like visit the girls. Like Lego hair cannot stop himself from repeating well, this this is all going to happen to you all one day. Yeah. Like, it felt like that was his dad thing to say that he just, you you pick your greatest hit and you keep playing it over and over again, you know? I feel like in some ways he's a lot like your dad. 
Tim's dad feels like he always has to have like a teaching moment. A thing to say. Like he has to have a thing to say. He has to have Mm -hmm. a teaching moment. And it feels the kind of saying where it's like you can't just like be. You have to be like, well, by the way, uh, just so everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Like we would talk about work and I would complain about like the week that I had. And he would always go, well, you know, there's stressful moments at every job. Not what. Just, just I know. Stop. Just stop. That's I, not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm the only one that has this problem and everyone else has perfect jobs. I'm saying this week sucked at my job. Can you just let me talk? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, but it always yeah. has to be like, well, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know. You know. Yeah. Blah. <laughs> and it feels, it's the same vibe. Yeah. One's fundamentalist. One's whatever the fuck your dad is. But like, it's the same shit. It's just like yeah. something to say, something to be, you know, a teaching moment with your kids and, yeah. you know. Lay off for a second. Nobody, just stop. Yeah. I do do think my last, I have one episode related thing and then one non-episode related thing. Hit it. I feel like in in this podcast, we've talked a lot about parents, obviously looking at, looking through that lens at Lego hair and, and canon. Um, and I think there's a, a comedian that I like that had a special that he put on HBO and he, his parents watched it. And then when he was talking to his dad on the phone, his dad was like, well, do you really have to do this? And do you have to make jokes about this? And do you have to talk about this? Because all he had asked him was like, what did you think? And his dad started going through and like critiquing his his content. And it was things like, do you have to curse so much? Like, do you really need to talk about like your divorce? Do you really need to? And he said he stopped his dad and he was like, this is the point where you and I are both two adult males talking to each other and supporting each other, not talking to my father. Yeah. Because it, it's that's not... a struggle for a lot of parents. I feel like they don't know how to separate the two. Yeah. Yeah. Or like see that there's that line there. Like, yeah. yes, I will always be your parent, but at the end of the day, you are also an adult and that should but be... But your an... role as a parent once your kid is an adult is not the same role. Agree. And I, I do think that's interesting. It's hard to look outside of like this is a new a new version of what our relationship is. Yeah, yeah. That was my 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 parent moment. Um, the episode thing. You're was apparently. My, uh, don't. Well, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> um, my episode thing was that in the intro, we talked about how we felt like they were kind of leaning away from like the religious side, at least in the intro. Mm-hmm. They took out the visual of them all praying in a circle. Uh, you know, I don't think I even was watching that part, so good catch. I've been watching the intros because I want to see how they change, and I've seen a couple different things. They had Jana speak this part starting earlier in the season, um, the part where they're like, we don't have a very traditional family. Um, but yeah, they... It's, it's, it's not Jana, but I'll just keep going. <laughs> just keep moving. We're good. We're We're fine. <laughs> The world's going to keep spinning if I don't. Are you offended that I correct you with the people? Is I just think offend? sometimes it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just, um, I'm trying to give accurate information is all. That's oh, fucking all. Okay. CNN podcast. And it, you know what? When you said last week it was Jessa talking about science, it was Ginger, by the way. See, now I'm just going to keep, now I'm just going to keep messing it up on purpose because I know it bothers you. No, but, uh, but like, uh, are I'm, you offended? I'm going to be like. Well, you know, Johanna was cleaning the bathroom, and you're like, she's a child. <laughs> so, but I did think it was interesting. Can you guys feel the, the marital tension in this? <laughs> I did think it was interesting that they actually took that visual out of it. So, 
I will, did not catch that, so good catch. Yeah, I will keep you informed on the changes well, to I the Well, I guess intro. that's your job now. you got to <laughs> keep us abreast to the situation of uh, the opening. Um, I only stare at countenance. I'll keep you countenance of the situation. Got it. <laughs> okay, so we'll take our little breaky, and we'll be back in a minute for the deep dive. So here I am doing correction corners about who wants to be a fucking missionary and who wants to be an artist. And Tim over here is just fine with spreading misinformation about who is speaking in the intro. I'm purposefully calling the wrong names now. I'm going to start throwing in names that aren't Duggar kids just to see if you notice. You're like Jasmine said. <laughs> Julia. You know, Ju- that was the name I was just going to say. Aw, <laughs> oh, see, even through see? our strife, we're still, we're still on par with each other. Yeah. We still jive. Yeah, with the J. Yep. Yep. All right. So, so I'm going to tell you first how how I arrived at this deep dive topic. Okay. Because sometimes it's a journey. It's not always linear. Okay. So first of all, we're all like products of our environment and upbringing, right? True. So while I've worked through a lot of my own things from childhood and whatever. Every once in a while, like, little things hang out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, back when Gil Bates could rattle off his kids' birthdays, there was that split second that I was, like, impressed. Yeah. And I snapped myself out of it. Because my knee-jerk reaction is just like, oh, wow. But that's completely... That should be normal. Yeah, that's based on my upbringing with my father, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you're like, oh, no, 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 you stupid bitch, snap out of it. Like, you know, (laughs) no, no, no. Yeah. So I found myself having that same sort of thing happen in this previous episode with the the dentist office. Okay. When Michelle said that it was Legos thinking, but their decision. Yeah. um, To invest in their children's teeth. Like, I was like, oh, wow, that's great. Before I was like, wait, hold up a minute. That's basic shit. That's your job as a parent, mm-hmm. you know, or like whatever. But again, the the bar is just set real low mm-hmm. for me in this arena because my own parents never once took me to a dentist. Mm-hmm. Not 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 one time. <laughs> uh, my two older sisters. So there's like kind of like two sets of us. My two mm-hmm. older, and then there's six year gap, and then there's the two of us. So my two older sisters, they did. Go and that—that that is just sidestep for a minute. It is kind of funny how you can have kids in one family with the same parents, but have very different versions of their upbringing. Very different upbringing. Now there are plenty of things that we share. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that we don't, but there are still two. It's like two eras. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there's even things that I've told my sisters even recently that are older. And like one of my sisters was crying. She was like, "I had no idea," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's just it was just different. It was just a yeah. different time." So anyway, so they have they had a little bit different in that, but. I'm number four. I was low priority. <laughs> low priority. <laughs> Parents never took me to a dentist. Uh, the irony in all of this is that my paternal grandfather was a dentist. <laughs> he retired when I was probably like three, four. But the irony in being like that should have been a priority. Because you're you grew up in that. Like my dad's father was yeah. a dentist, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, so my so anyways, this is just a any hoozle. Enough about my childhood. It was just this is just kind of what my got got my brain going, right? Okay. Thinking about this. 
So I was thinking about the Duggars and their teeth. And while it's absolutely possible that Baby Cannon and Lego do actually truly care about their children's dental health, whether it be actually caring about their teeth or the possible like bigger financial ramifications that they could potentially mm-hmm. face if they didn't keep up with it. Yeah. So w- whatever the reason might be, they do seem to make it a priority. But I couldn't help but wonder if some of it stems from IBLP's emphasis on smiling. <laughs> okay. So today's deep dive is all about smiling, which I know is a weird topic. It is a very weird topic, but, but I'm stick, here for it. But stick with me. Yeah. I know. I see how it fits in. So I, I'm on board. So let's get into it. Um, I feel like in our deep dives, we have heard a lot about smiling, but even more so, we've heard the word countenance, right? Mm-hmm. And while countenance is technically defined as the face or facial expression, the two words feel pretty much interchangeable when it comes to IBLP. Mm-hmm. Because we basically hear them repeatedly teach that a smile is the only expression to have on your face. Correct, basically. yeah. So in that sense, it does feel pretty interchangeable. Mm-hmm. They're always emphasizing a cheerful countenance, which is done via smiling. So to me, it's like the same damn thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if we remember back to episode 28, that's the one where we basically went over Bill Gothard's fashion and appearance <laughs> advice. Are you an autumn or a spring? Is I... your haircut... I'm an autumn. I am an autumn. <laughs> is your haircut ovalizing your face? Mm. I mean, is it though? Oof. Eggy, that one. <laughs> Very egg shaped. That's also where we learned about eye traps, which apparently Josiah needs to reread that chapter after what we saw today. Yeah. Um, that deep dive of that episode is actually, ironically, the episode where Boo bought those eye trap shirts. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a little full circle moment there. Yep. All lines up yet again. We're bringing it back around. So while we look at all of these tips as Bill Gothard's version of like a Cosmo fashion (laughs) article almost. This was actually under the section of learning 10 ways to direct the eyes of others to your countenance. Number one was wear a smile. So let's quickly, let's review that part for a second. Okay. This is where we learned that your face reveals your inner attitudes, your needs, joys, struggles, and victories. A cheerful countenance serves as a ministry of encouragement to other people and is how you can express your love of the Lord. Okay. He warns of how your face can even cancel cancel out your words. Damn. I like smiling. Smiling is my favorite. Of course. (laughs) He says a smile brightens your countenance, gives it a healthy glow, and gives the eyes a little sparkle. Wow. A smile even reveals a cheerful spirit that draws people to you. The last part is the one that I really focused on last time because it was just so funny. You'll remember this. Mm-hmm. He says on the flip side, though, a sad count- <laughs> countenance demonstrates a selfish spirit. Fucking selfish pinata. <sighs> coming through again you know with their fucking sad sack faces sad yeah (laughs) there's such a lack of empathy there 
Like, I never look at somebody who's sad and go, ugh, look how selfish they are. Like, I always look at somebody who's sad and go, oh, I hope everything's okay. You know what I mean? And they're just like, fucking selfish asshole. Yeah. Yeah. They look at them the way that I look at people that don't return their carts to the cart corral at the grocery store. Yep. I look and I'm like, look at this selfish. Well, at least they're smiling. Never mind. (laughs) We're good. We're good. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so the reason it's selfish to not always be grinning, grinning ear to ear like a buffoon is because, yeah, is because it forces the sympathies of others. I remember talking about this before (laughs) and they have to figure out what's the root of your frown. (laughs) They might even look away because frowns make people feel awkward. (laughs) You're making me uncomfortable. So please smile. (laughs) I know. So I feel like Bill Gothard is the human embodiment of the whole, you should smile more. Oh, gosh. You know, you know he's told some women to calm down, and he's told some women to smile more. You're really pretty when you smile. Yeah, or, I wish you would smile a lot more. What's there to frown about? <laughs> he's just like the embodiment of that whole fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So that was a review of one of the smile-related things that we have covered previously. Okay. But now let's get into some of the new stuff. I'm ready for new smile content myself. The talk of smiles, it starts pretty early. There's even a children's song named none other than the smile song. So let's take a listen. Oh, I'm so excited. definitely a thing he got a little frantic there at, like i'm like are you sure that's not a two and a four it gets a little like <laughs> it's a little jangly. it gets a little the uh the the fast parts which actually elicited a smile because they were like upbeat oh um, so it did its job the it smile jesus gave you yeah um 
the quicker part definitely got a little um like piano like you were listening to it in like a saloon oh yeah 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 um so that part was good i um, should be wearing a corset <laughs> please do I'd, for that moment i'll i'll I take just lifted it my boobs by I'd, the way if people are wondering I'll i just take put that my too. Hand, i put my arms under my boobs and i lifted them take that too um we're gonna have to have a corset segment on this show uh so yeah so it got a little bit saloony when in the mid in that faster part and then it slowed down and got real depressed again it was yeah. you could tell they were trying to write something in the same way as like it's a small world where it's like it's easily easily hummable like it's pretty easily built but i'll tell you sherman brothers they were not you know but i will say those children's songs they really get you i still to. i still have mormon ones from my childhood that get stuck in my head on the reg she sings them Real earworms, I'll tell you. And it's always super late. It's always like re- when you're up. When I'm like, delirious. Yep, you're up really <laughs> late, and then we're I'm playing like PlayStation, and then you're randomly singing songs from Mormon Church at me. I, I think I've already sang the popcorn. I've, I've already sang yes. the popcorn song. I looked out the window, and what did I? I think I've already sang that on here before. Wait, what did you see? One more time. What? Popcorn popping on the apricot tree. Yep. Spring has brought me such a nice See? surprise. I got her. Anyways, but you know what? You know what I'll tell you another one though. Okay. Follow the prophet. Okay. Because that one could be a real banger <laughs> if you got the right person on the piano. Oh, I remember you telling me this. If they could really bang out those keys, a la Aaron Bates, <laughs> it could be a fucking banger. <laughs> And uh, there was, I mean, it was a really long song because you go through from like Adam all the way through. So very long. So we, they would usually be like, let's just select some certain verses to sing all of us. We all wanted to sing Jonah. Okay. Because it was like improv morning at the primary. (laughs) Because we all thought we were hilarious. Of course. Because let me, okay, let me first tell you. So this is how, I'm sorry that I have to sing to you guys, but this is how it goes. It's like, follow the prophet, follow the prophet, follow the prophet, don't go astray. Follow the prophet, follow the prophet, follow the prophet, follow the prophet, he knows the way. So when it came to Jonah, we all thought we were fucking comedians over here. We would all be like looking at each other. It's like this, it's like the visual version of like nudging your elbow. Like a nudge on you. Yeah. We'd all be looking at each other. Uh, we change the words because it was Jonah. We would change it to swallow the prophet. Oh man! I it was like it was like getting away <laughs> with something in church. You know what I mean? And like the like there was some teachers that would sit there and they would like roll their eyes and like shake their head, but they'd be smiling. And then the other ones were like, no. And then oh, you'd have like yeah. the banger on the piano if they were in on Gotta it. Gotta hit those bass keys hard. Yeah. Mm. Because if, if I were to play the song for you guys, it sounds like light and cheery. But when you got the right person doing it like um, more. That driving bass line. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, like, I, I feel that. Swallow the prophet. And I was just like, that is funny shit. That was about <laughs> as good as it got in Sunday school. This is uh, kind of like. A Mormon play on like Jingle Bells, Batman smells Robin laid an egg. Pretty like much. it's yep. that energy. It really is. Yeah, you have Robin laid an egg energy. Swallow the prophet. Swallow the prophet. <laughs> swallow the prophet. Anyways, all I want to say is Batmobile lost its wheel and Joker got away. 
Robin laid an egg. <laughs> oh, what fun See? it is. Yeah, okay, all... at first I was making fun of you, and now that you do it, yep, I'm here for it. Yep, yep so I'm on board. Swallow the prophet. I'm on board. And you might, I know I got some other Mormons that listen to this. I want you to tell me if you swallowed the prophet as well, because we thought. <laughs> phrasing, we... <laughs> please. Phrasing, <laughs> please. <laughs> Did you swallow the prophet? I was waiting. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Any who's are we not doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, not uh, appropriate. Anyways, <laughs> so now we're gonna moving on. Moving, moving on. We're gonna talk about the three types of smiles. <laughs> Gothard has this in several different texts, and while they all kind of tell you the same thing, they do kind of vary in length. Some of them are really concise. Some of them are a little bit more. Much like wordy. the smiles that they're describing. Yeah. Sometimes you have it toothy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it looks like Ninja Turtles where it's on the side of your mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're a little bit different, but I'm just kind of combining like the various places I said into like one thing, but they all say the same gist. Okay. So there are three types of smiles, obedient, ministry, and joyful. And, and that's it. Yes. <laughs> Those are the only three kinds of smiles that exist. Exactly. <laughs> So an obedient smile is when you smile because God tells you to, whether you feel like it or not. I like smiling. Smiling is my favorite. It's that energy. It's to rejoice in all things. Okay. A ministry smile is because you want to encourage others around you. This smile states, quote, regardless of how I feel, I want to encourage you by letting you know that I'm grateful to God for you and that you are valuable to me. So, Ignore how you really feel exactly, and just make sure they you just smile. Come out and say it directly. No beating around the bush. <laughs> uh, clearly state that smile whether you feel like it or not. And um, your feelings don't really matter. It's it's weird. Yeah. The last one, though, the joyful smile, is the one smile where you, you do it because you actually feel it. Okay. Finally. <laughs> it is a spontaneous expression of the joy in your heart. And does not take any effort for the other ones. Maybe you have to trudge. You got to work. You, know? you got to put yeah. that work in. <laughs> and a natural expression of great gratefulness towards God and others. So two out of the three are possibly forced, and only <laughs> one is entirely natural. So awesome for oh us. Oh my goodness! It's great. We're starting out good, trending in a good direction. <laughs> uh, when in doubt, smile it out. <laughs> Now let's uh, cover just a few more ways that smiling is taught to the children via the character qualities. Okay. So there are 49 character qualities and several talk about smiling, but just for today, I'm only going to focus on three. Okay. Starting with the character quality of joyfulness. Okay. So this booklet says that joy is shown by a genuine smile from a joyful heart. And in a section where you do like this personal evaluation of yourself to see how joyful you are, because oh, everybody yeah. needs to be taking tests all the time, of you know. You know, we're talking about Cosmo earlier. This is mm-hmm. kind of the same thing, but for joyfulness. Yeah. How much joyfulness do you have in your life? Question number one is: Do people see a bright countenance when they look at you? So more pressure to be smiling at all times. That's their number one thing, right there. Is do people see a fucking smile on your face? Correct. In the gratefulness character booklet, it recognizes the mouth as the required body part to communicate gratefulness, which is such a weird way to put things. 
Well, you do need your mouth to smile. <laughs> but it's just like required body parts. Uh, and But they have this and uh, we'll go over character booklets in the future on their own. Mm-hmm. But like there will be a random thing. And it's like it, like there's a whole section in all of them that's like the required body parts. It's weird. It's just it is weird. And like I forget which one of them, but it's like your right hand. And then it's like. <laughs> Because, you know, most people write the boys' manual. (laughs) The men's manual. It's not for for boys. That's a volume two. Men's manual. I do feel like required body parts for smiling are your eyes, your butt crack, and your mouth. Uh, Because you can smile with all three of those. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You got it. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, you need your... Your mouth is a required body part to communicate <laughs> gratefulness. So if there's anything wrong with your mouth, I guess you're just kind of like shit out of luck. You can't yep. show gratefulness. Of there's course There's no not. other way. How else would you do it? That's true. The smize doesn't exist in this book nope, is what you're nope, saying. Nope. Tyra Banks is not here to. Nope. <laughs> Specifically, he says that the lips express your gratefulness, not only through your spoken words, but also through the formation of a smile. So he's, you know, at least he's expl- backing up his work now. Oh, he's explaining okay, yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. But if you were to give words of appreciation without a smile, the message is canceled out. Wow. So this builds off of what he says earlier, but it's more direct. Okay. Apparently, gratefulness does not exist without the smile. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Which is just so funny because I could, if I think about the most raw moments of me showing gratitude or expressing gratitude for someone are probably through an ugly cry face with mm-hmm. not a fucking smile in sight yeah so it's just so funny to be like well it's not really grateful if you're not smiling that's true you're it's not grateful just, about anything nope you have to smile for it to actually count that's not real you're not smiling that's why it never felt real you weren't smiling now you get it now it's all making sense <laughs> So the final character booklet that I'll reference is Enthusiasm. Okay. I think it's pretty obvious that one of the ways to express enthusiasm is through a smile. Okay. Not groundbreaking here. But I really want to focus on the craft project in this booklet that's called Smile on a Stick. Oh, my God. Can I ask one question before you start? Yeah. What are the required body parts for enthusiasm? Oh, I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. (laughs) I should have. Why is your elbow in there? I just don't get it. <laughs> because it didn't directly correlate. I didn't with smile. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. See, the elbow should be a required body part for enthusiasm because <laughs> you just talked about kind of giving the elbow nudge and going, uh, uh, yeah. you were enthusiastic. It's just so weird. It's just like required body parts. Like It's like, okay, when, it's... when do knees and toes come into play? <laughs> the lips are important. The lips, the tip of the tongue and the teeth. <laughs> So it talks about, so we're talking about smile on a stick. Yes. Talks about how when you're in fellowship with God and rejoicing him, you wear a smile and not a frown. Okay. You've effectively turned said frown upside down. Exactly. Okay. It says if you are, quote, a glum Christian, you are (laughs) communicating, I know, right? You are communicating to the world that God is not enough and he's just not sufficiently meeting your needs. Look at Gloria Glum over here. (laughs) So it's like now if you aren't smiling like a buffoon all the time, (laughs) you're basically shitting on God. So cool. Yep. You're not grateful. You hate God. Yeah. You probably punch puppies. Yeah, probably. Mm. 
We called my dad. My dad was called the cat kicker, unfortunately, because my dad was a fucking asshole. Um, your cat kicker. Mm-hmm. Yep. It says your face acts as a billboard for God that proclaims to the world the joy of knowing Christ. So in this activity, they ask the kids to draw smiles on pieces of paper, then cut them out, and they glue them to sticks. Okay. But that's not all. They also, like, while the kids are working, they're popping popcorn. And they explain that enthusiasm is like the popcorn kernels when they're heated. Heated? My goodness. The joy in your spirit bursts because it just cannot be contained. Mm, Damn. Those popped kernels are like a song, celebration, or a big smile. (laughs) So they have the kids then glue the popcorn to their smiles on a stick. Is that the same popcorn that pops on apricot trees? You know, who knew there'd be so many round, like full circle moments in this episode? So many. The apple K's. Yeah, the apple K's. The big apple K's on the Mm -hmm. shirt. Syncing up with the other stuff. Fucking Pizza Hut. Fucking (laughs) tooth extractions. Now popcorn. I actually made a lot of popcorn at work today. Was it on the apricot tree? It was not. It was. Did from... spring has bring you such a nice surprise? Popcorn popping right before your eyes. Um, it was pop. I mean, there was Could a lid on it. Could you take an armful and make a treat, a popcorn ball that would smell so sweet? I made a lot of handfuls with the cinnamon sugar popcorn. It and wasn't ate them. very so, but it seemed to be popcorn popping on the apricot tree. I think the challenge was I wasn't sure what the uh, required body parts were to make popcorn, so that makes I sense. apologize. I had incomplete data. Got it. So, uh, yeah, I just felt, I just wanted to include it because it feels very random. Like, we're going to put smiles on a stick. Okay, we're talking about smiles. But now we're going to put popcorn on it. Yeah. Like, they literally glue it over the smile, like, in the picture. I'm like, what is this about? Like, what is this random bullshit? They're always trying to make these, like, they're forcing these analogies and metaphors at all times that are just like, just stop. But I think part of it, too, is that the kids are going to remember and go, oh, I really like popcorn. So they're going to associate that with something positive already, and they're going to smile. There you go. It all comes full circle. Got it. It's circular thinking. <laughs> circular reasoning. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so between the song, the character qualities, and even the smile as a way to draw to your countenance, these are all things specifically geared towards children. Correct. So we can see how from a very young age, how it's already being emphasized. Mm-hmm. This is well before getting married and being told to smile and gaze at your husband. Right. It's already starting young. Now I just want to cover two other random things. Um, times that like smiles were mentioned in things. Just because they made me chuckle. Okay. So the first one is just a real, it's really dramatic. But you know, we know that's like, that's surprise, how they do. Surprise. That's what they do. It's this handout titled, Are You an Energy Giver? taker or waster oh my god so the way it works is that there's three columns and then it takes various topics and kind of assigns them into the different columns based on how you exhibit or like do these things so for smiles for example under the energy giver column it says that you smile at everyone with one of those three types of smiles of course in the energy waster column the middle column it says that you only smile at friends and then underneath it it says 
no better than a heathen. Damn, that is <laughs> like that is you, harsh. I know. I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> Yeah. You smi- you- Instead of smiling at everybody, you only smile at people that you care about. No better than a heathen. <laughs> wow. Dramatic, right? Damn. And then in the energy taker column, it says does not smile. And then underneath it, it says sadness draws attention, and then it has an equal sign. So sadness draws attention, attention equals selfish. <laughs> That fucking selfish pinata strikes again. <laughs> selfish. Don't be a selfish pinata. So I just thought that was dramatic. So I just want to throw that one in there. God, it it both talks of, about like, that handout has like so many various things, but like I just saw smiles in it and I was like, oh, the drama God. of it all. The theatrics. The theatrics, exactly. So the next one, the actual part about smiling isn't really saying much. It just says, quote, give a warm, loving smile from your heart. And references Proverbs, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So that's not entirely interesting in itself, mm-hmm. but this is under the practical ap- application section of a paper titled Be Perfect. Oh. So, you know, no pressure. It's just to be perfect, you got to smile. That's it. No big book. Yeah. You know, whatever. Oof. I'm like, can I just like carry around my popcorn smile on a stick instead that <laughs> <laughs> seems easy like, seems like the easier option it's a right hell now of a lot like easier. the rest of this sounds exhausting can i just carry around my stick of popcorn <laughs> and just like be like what whatever just flat you know aren't you grateful about and you just put it in their face yeah <laughs> the popcorn's all falling <laughs> off it's stale yeah. it's yeah. you know crunched and i'm just like yeah. i'm just holding up my popcorn paddle hi ma'am how you're going to the like the grocery store <laughs> Did you find everything okay? To you just put the popcorn thing up in front of them. <laughs> I think that sounds like a much better option. <laughs> that I'm exhausted listening to be perfect, smile at fucking everybody, don't be a heathen, don't be a fucking energy taker. No, thank you. Just here's my fucking popcorn smile. Leave me the fuck alone. Uh... So now we're gonna switch gears into the benefits of smiling. So this is actually the benefits. Benefits. He says that most people think that their emotions are out of their control, so they wonder how can they smile if they don't feel like it. To which I say, ask any woman in IBLP. She knows. (laughs) She could probably give you a few pointers. Yep. He goes on to say how recent studies have made it possible for him to say truthfully, which I mean, for him to emphasize that he can say this truthfully, I'm of like, course. I feel like that's a way to be like, so is that what your way of acknowledging that you say things not untruthfully? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. This one, to- this one's totally truthful. Just to, to like seriously, to me, that's very telling. Yeah. I can truthfully say. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. So I'm not what lying. You, what's your point every other time, you fucking <laughs> asshole? So he says that he can truthfully say. That if you smile when you don't feel like it, surely after you will feel like smiling. He also says frowning will weaken your immune system because of the hormones it produces. Oh. But that smiling secretes healthy hormones that strengthen your immune system. And that this was all proven by a study done by the University of California. I would love, love to see like. <laughs> well, so no, here's my actual thing on it, though. I don't doubt that smiling or, you know, actual happiness itself is good for you. 
I've seen the articles. Now, I'm not a fucking scientist. I don't dive and like whatever. But mm. just over the course of years, I've seen this in my own shit just pop up on things mm. or whatever. So, you know, I feel like there's some truth to it. So, like like we see here, there's nuggets of truth and then there's where they take it. Way too far. Um, And I have not specifically lo- looked into the effects of frowning. <laughs> But I will say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think that it has far less to do with the actual frown itself and more about stress hormones and things of that nature (laughs) affecting you when you're not feeling like fucking smiling. Like stress and cortisol, you know, like just those types of things, right? I just think of somebody in a hospital and then being like, Mrs. Johnson, I'm sorry, your condition has actually gotten worse. But have you tried smiling recently? Exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. That's what it sounds like. There's a Scrubs episode where uh, there's a patient that's in there and her husband passed away recently. And they think she has, it's a Japanese name, I don't know what it is, but it's broken heart syndrome. Where their health starts to deteriorate because they're broken hearted. And JD's like, how do you cure a broken heart? And they have a dream sequence where he goes, I need I need a box of kittens, stat. And he just pours this box of kittens <laughs> onto this woman. And all the little kittens are all mew. And she like wakes up out of her coma. <laughs> but let's just say, just for just for the sake of argument or whatever, let's just say that everything he's saying is true. The problem still lies in that he's using this as a form of control, mm-hmm. a sort of like fear based way to back up his teachings. Mm-hmm. Basically, just like keep sweet, 100%. but like here's some, you know. It's not about actual concern for your health. Correct. It's just another one of his tactics. Mm-hmm. That's what, the, you know, even if there is some science behind, that's not the issue here. Yep. It's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It's the, the way he's trying to weaponize it yep. is the issue. He um, he then takes this to the extreme by referencing the same study yet again in another text under a section titled, How a Forced Smile is an Effective Treatment for Depression. Oh, honey, no. This time, instead of focusing on the immune system, he talks about the effects on the nervous system. He details more about how the subjects of the study were not told how to feel, but rather how to make certain muscle, to like move certain muscles that would create smiles or frowns or mimic anger, fear, happiness, etc. Okay. He says that just mimicking emotions cause changes in the nervous system patterns. Gothard ends this section saying, quote, If a voluntary movement can modify a physiological condition, then although the way you can feel can cause you to smile or frown, the forcing of a smile or frown can also direct the way you feel. <laughs> so again, just to reiterate, I'm not sm- saying smiling doesn't release certain chemicals in your body. Agree. I agree that that does happen and that that can be beneficial but bill gothard is a fucking garbage human being (laughs) who jumps on this as a way to downplay the very serious effects of depression Mm -hmm. someone could be suffering and he'd just be like have you tried smiling have you tried smiling yeah you know that's exactly how it would go and the fact that this is pushed on children so so like young that this is a thing that you do is crazy yep and I just love his cherry picking of science when it's convenient for for his argument and for of him, course. but all the rest of the times it's a form of humanism. Yes. 
Mm -hmm. it's like, what is it? Is it fucking humanism? Or is it like, oh, look at this study from the university of like fucking like stop. Yep. Yep. His entire thing is cherry picking. It's trying to make give it some credence. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So mental health and IBLP is for sure a future deep dive topic of all itself. But I feel like this just gives you a small glimpse into his thinking on depression and things similarly. Yeah. Just smile. Have you tried smiling? Yep. Oh no, we don't we don't express how we actually feel. The key is that you ball it up and you jam it super far down into your psyche and it manifests itself as a mental breakdown in your forties. That's but, how the, that's that's like the lesson. But even that, that they... wouldn't be allowed. <laughs> they don't even get that. <laughs> so I'm done with Bill in more ways than one. Um now <laughs> we'll f- we'll focus on smiling in regards to the Duggar specifically. Okay. So in their second book, Jim, Bob, and Michelle talk about how one of the first things that they taught their kids about being out in public or when they have guests over is the power of an enthusiastic greeting. Okay. Nice bars. Nice bar. Yeah. Very similar <laughs> feel. And here's where they just go, you know, they go out and say it. Oh. Quote, we tell them that genuinely expressing Christ's love to each person you meet through a joyful countenance and caring words opens the door to share further with him or her about our faith. So there it is, ladies yep. and gents. They smile to try to convert you is what I'm hearing. Is that what you're hearing? <laughs> Converting smiles. Like mm-hmm. It's just like if we smile, people will be drawn to us in a way that we might just be able to like get you in. And then we can get... Yeah. We can tally one up for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Quote, that's the first step in how we teach our children to serve others and begin developing a ministry mindset. And we emphasize that lesson to our children by reminding them always to give others a smile. Hmm. So those statements clearly highlight how smiling to them is their ministry. Of course. One of those three smiles, you know, (laughs) so they're really hitting that. Feels like all of their smiles are ministry smiles. It kind of makes me wonder how many times in the series overall with all yeah. the kids, how many joyful smiles did we actually see? You know, mm. you know, he talks about three types of smiles, and I would say like I, I always think of, I can't wait. It's so far in the future. It feels like forever away, but like some of the really horny ones. So I was like, is that his own smile? Is a horny? I'm like, that's a joyful smile. Or like, <laughs> but I can't wait for you to see like when I'm like, that's a real smile. Ginger's fucking horny. Joy is horny. It's the girls too. It's not <laughs> even the guys. Like Ginger and Joy were fucking horny. Repressed. Those were joyful smiles. <laughs> but besides those, I'm like, how many were real smiles? Yeah. Kind of makes you wonder, you know. So this perfectly brings me to my next point. This made me start to sort of wonder and then seek out things that were said by people who have left ATI and IBLP and if they had anything specific to say about smiling itself. Here is what I found. Oh my goodness. In one AMA on Duggar Snark from a person who left IBLP, a commenter asked them if kids in the families of the Colts are really that happy or is it just a facade? They replied, That while they certainly can't speak for all families or, you know, that they don't see behind people's closed doors and things like that, they do assume much of it to be a facade. And then they followed up with, quote, there was a lot of talk and training in how to present a cheerful countenance. 
We were supposed to be a testament to the world of how beautiful life like this could be. So anytime anyone could see us, we looked perfect and happy. Oof. Also interesting was that another person raised an ATI. They chimed in under their comment in response to it, mm-hmm. saying that this was all, they're like, oh, this is all too true. Quote, I remember that in my house and friends who were similar, even at home, we'd be told things like, I don't want to see you again until you're smiling or go to your room until you've learned to be cheerful again. What a lesson to teach your children. Yep. Oof. Fake it. I don't want to see your fucking face mm-hmm. until you can fake it right. Yep. I only care about you when you have a cheerful countenance. Yep. Mm-hmm. The original AMA poster then replied to that comment with remembering how toddlers were being made to say things like, quote, I'm happy now with a smile to show that they were done throwing a fit. Hmm. Which is so sad to me to just oh, think yeah. of like a tiny child being like, I'm happy now. Because, like, they've been told, like, that's the way. And she was like, that was a way to avoid a spanking. It was just like, okay, I'm done doing what I'm doing. Don't spank me. Or, like, I'm just, I'm done acting out. I'm smiling now. I'm happy now. Mm -hmm. That's so fucking sad. That's really depressing. It is. I'm not, I don't have a joyful countenance when I hear this. (laughs) Certainly not, no. I want to give you one last one, and I feel like this one really hits it, like, all the points really well. So, in a post on Homeschoolers Anonymous, um, it's actually a reprint, so to speak, of of a blog post by someone named Kirsten King from May of 2015. So, from their own, like, personal blog Mm -hmm. that was reposted to this website. So, I'm going to summarize it at first. So, they talk about how people in their life see the Duggars as the best family ever because of how you know, they present themselves to the public. And, mm. quote, it makes it hard for their fan base to see past the barrage of smiles and actually listen to what's being said and taught and what the consequences of those are, of those are for the Duggar kids. Which, that part kind of took me back to what I was saying last week about how when you just kind of take the show at face value. Mm-hmm. Number one, either just not looking into it more, but also just not let, not just putting a whole lot of thought into it and just being like, I'm watching the show of this, whatever. Like when you don't think about it, it is just really easy to to just kind of gloss over it and not think about, oh yeah, what does this all actually yeah. mean? And, mm-hmm. You know? So they describe how they grew up like the Duggars and say, quote, my parents spent, spent my and my siblings' childhood training us to always smile and look, act, be happy even when that wasn't the emotion we were feeling happiness was godly happiness meant no one thought anything was wrong happiness made my parents the go-to parents in our local community for child rearing tips and advice Mm, there it is sounds just like the duggars yep and that's what i've been thinking recently has been like it's it's selfish because it's that thing (laughs) it's don't don't show anybody that we have any flaws because then they're going to think that I'm a bad parent. No, everybody has flaws. Like, or they're so stuck on like the, the whole, this whole ministry thing too, of like, it'll draw people. In. If we show that we're not perfect, people aren't going to want to do this. We have to show perfection. You know? <laughs> Cause that's the only problem people have <laughs> with this. Yeah. So they go on to describe how it's really hard for them to, see people that think that because 
they're all smiling that everything must be okay. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. So they go into detail about that. But then their closer, I think, is really good. Quote, just because a family is smiling on TV doesn't mean it's happy. Us quiver, quiverful kids are great at smiling. Listen to our words in silence, not our masked faces. And I thought that made for a good, powerful, like, closing. Because mm-hmm. you think about the whole spurring of this entire podcast was what Pest did. And how his parents fumbled that. And now we're looking at what led to that. Yeah. Like what it what caused them to just completely botch that entire situation. And it's this. Exactly. And it's this kind of shit. Yeah. And all the things that are in all those manuals and the, the you know, the the societal part of it where it's like, well, we need to look perfect because we feel like that'll draw people to this weird cult that we're in and you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say now though that it all makes a little bit more sense why Pest was smiling in both of his mugshots. <laughs> Lego and Canon, they they very clearly failed miserably at teaching him to not be a sexual deviant or, at, you know, at the very least, they specifically failed at handling it properly. Yep. Um, but I guess we can say that they did succeed in the teachings of smiling. <laughs> Well, they smiles, got one. He smiles in court. He smiles in every mugshot. He is always smiling. I wonder if he's smiling in, in solitary. So we see this idea of presenting perfection. That It happens in other places, too. They're, they're certainly not the first or the last to hide realities behind a smile. Mm-hmm. We can see, you know, it can be cultural, generational, mm-hmm. things like that. But I think what's really wild with this is to read how much it's emphasized and drilled into them from such a young age. Yeah. Like those personal accounts to me, they said a lot. Like the toddlerhood thing, crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like they are taught from a, such a young age that to perform and put on this mask. Yeah. This is what you do. But the kids don't even see it as a performance. They don't see it as a mask. They're, mm-hmm. They see it as being taught, oh, no, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to. It's like, a learned behavior. Yeah. It's not. They don't mm-hmm. see it as a mask in any yep. kind of way. They don't see it as performance. It's how you're supposed to be. That's what God wants you to be. That's mm-hmm. what God wants you to do. And I think it makes it easier when they get older. And this is looking just specifically at the women. But like it makes it easier when it's like, oh, here's your husband. You're already used to shoving your real feelings down. Yeah. So, yeah, you're fine. They're just building. It's the building blocks mm-hmm. of getting these people to this place. Yep. We're... We're just, again, seeing how your feelings don't matter at all. And not only that, they're actively ignored and made to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Because it's gone from just smile. It's it's gone from like what we see. It's like, it'd be really great if you know, dude, you should smile more. <laughs> it's gone from that to now, if you aren't smiling, you're an energy taker. Correct. You're weakening your immune system. Um, you're, you're a heathen. You're a heathen. You're not representing God as you should. Correct. Now there's guilt and consequences attached to it. It's not mm-hmm. just you should do. It's not just encouraging. It's not just saying, oh, you should, you know, smiles are good. It's actively telling you all the consequences that come from not smiling 24 mm-hmm. fucking seven. Yep. And again, cer- certainly 
smiles can be encouraging and to others and they can be a bit of a booster, you know. <laughs> but like I said, it, it's just not pr- promoting. They've gone past promoting the positives of a smile. Correct. And now they're condemning anything that isn't Other. a smile. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's just taken so extreme. Yep. Um, I think back to... I shared this picture once in visuals already. I think it was when the Christmas one. Okay. Where I talked about Sandy when I got to be Mary and my Sandy doll was mm-hmm. my was my Yeah. Was my baby Jesus. <laughs> so I shared this picture, but I think of this picture again because now it comes up. I'm holding my doll and I'm wearing a outfit that says smile across it. <laughs> yeah. And I have this like how would you describe my face? Tim says I still make the face. You do. Um I feel like at one point I had a really good concise two word description and now I don't. Like, I'm not pissy, but I'm not... You're, like, bemused. I don't know, but it's not exactly a smile. But now I'm, like, what? Like, but It's, like, bemused curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> but I, what's funny is, like, so I'm in that picture, it's, like, my outfit says smile, but I'm not smiling. <laughs> but I'm holding my doll. But then, um, oh, taking it back. Everything's full circle this week. Ready? Oh, man. Ready, ready, ready? I'm ready. Of course, I never got an American Girl doll as a kid. I mean, expensive. Understandable. Mm-hmm. So my friend down the street had an American Girl doll. Jealous. And so my doll, Sandy, I used to try to make her into one. So I used to like make her shoes out of paper. Mm-hmm. And then uh, her American Girl doll had a trunk. So <laughs> like I went... an elephant? Yes, exactly. He oh, weird. That. Which one was that? Random, right? Um, she Which one Addie. was that? I forget. But she did uh, Merp Small Hippocamp. <laughs> Got it. Uh, elephants can't remember shit. There you go. Um, but she had Addie. But anyway, so I found like an old like wood crate and I used to set her in it and pretend it was her trunk. You know, imagination, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got more out of that than having the actual thing. And I designed some wonderful shoes. I believe it. She was wonderful. You missed your calling. But um, yeah. Doll shoe designer. Back at a very young age, I was probably three in that picture. I wasn't (laughs) fucking having it with the smiles. You couldn't tell me to smile. (laughs) Fuck that. I was not having it. So... Um, yeah, I was definitely not uh, an H-E-I I-B-L-P child. You cannot no. tell me to smile if I nope. don't want to. Fuck Mm-mm. that. And you had words that were that were an eye trap and it wasn't drawing anything to your countenance. Well, see, here is what I wonder. The word smile was at the top of like my skirt. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on my chest. Is that still an eye trap? Is it too close to my other region? Hips. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those lying hips. Yep. Um. And then I'm holding, would he approve of Sandy? She's not a Cabbage Patch doll. So is she okay? True. Wasn't she wearing a skirt and a tennis visor? She was wearing a banging visor. <laughs> it's like that clearish pink, like so 90s. Yep. That's up in visuals again this week. She was. She had a rock and visor, guys. <laughs> there is no beating Sandy's visor. <laughs> I used to put a poncho on her too. Um <laughs> But yeah, paper shoes. I was really into making the paper shoes. See, and I wish, I wish at some point, like I, like I feel like I had little moments of those things. But I remember even as an older person watching Toy Story and seeing him create like buildings out of cardboard boxes and things, and I'm like, man, I wish I could have done something. Did I like never that. tell you about my city? I think we vaguely. I talked had a about city it. made out of cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. 
and I had Matchbox cars, and I was really well. You have no idea how pumped <laughs> I was when my mom bought me a purple Impala car, <laughs> and I used to, I cut a uh, um toilet or not toilet paper paper towel thing about mm. three quarters because you know i couldn't have i need to be able to push through it but of it was course. like the tunnel <laughs> and i had and i i based it off my oldest sister so my oldest sister got married and moved out when i was six mm-hmm. so i based it off her so she she lived in a oh it's funny so she lived in a, in a, a complex that tim and i actually moved into later on mm-hmm. villa i say villa de pause tim says that's not how you say it how do you say it but I also said it could be called Villa de Paz because we had a cat there. But it was Villa what? It's not Villa. It's Villa. But whatever. Just say it. Just say <laughs> it how you fucking say it. Just say it. Villa de Paz. Okay. So I say Villa de Paz. Um, <laughs> but my sister and my brother-in-law lived there when they first got married. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny that years later, Tim and I moved into that same complex like yep. around the corner. But anyways... Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was a kid, I was trying to do everything like my sister because I thought she was so cool because she worked at the Clinique counter at the mall. <laughs> so when I made my cereal box city, there was Villa de Paz and then you had to go across the tunnel. That's not happening. There's no tunnel in real life. <laughs> but you went through the tunnel and the purple Impala to get to the mall to go work at the Clinique counter. I don't think my sister even knows that I based this whole little city off the of her life because of- I thought she was the shit. Wow. That's a lot of little sister energy. Yep. I thought she was so cool. <laughs> Anyways, enough about my cereal box city. It's true. I did a lot of those things. You, you know, we're poor. I just got some construction paper, mm-hmm. box of uh, off-brand Fruit Loops, and made a city. <laughs> See, I was like, I was Legos, and I had a random smattering of Legos that I had gotten. So I was the kid that. On Friday night, watching TGIF, I would dump the entire bucket out onto the floor, and I would just sit, like, in unpurposed curiosity and imagination. And I wouldn't have any plans, but I would literally sit in all this, and I would look at it, and I would, like, read the Lego. And then I would just start building shit. All right. Anything else you got to say? Want to say? Want to say? Little Mildred just showed up. Mildred, you got anything? She says, because <laughs> remember, people don't remember. She can't meow, she so does she not says, meow. "Yep." All right. Well, Mildred has nothing, and I got nothing. Okay, let's close it out. So feel free to buy us a pickle. Buymeacoffee.com slash digging up the Doug. I'm gonna go out of order here. Uh, follow us for some fun visuals, some fun interaction things, and just in general, a lot of really clever listener comments, which I appreciate on the Insta at digging up the Duggars pod. Um, you can send us a message through email at digging up the at gmail.com. And then if you want to send us anything real in the snail mail, you can hit us at uh, PO box five, nine, seven, three Glendale, Arizona, eight, five, three, one, two. That concludes for this week's deep dive on smiling. (laughs) Don't forget to smile and don't be a selfish pinata.